Avast ye salty dogs, it's another episode of the Fennecast. I am your Captain Sketch, and with me I have... Shiver Me Timbers! Oh my god, I can't do this. Shiver Me Timbers! I'm the director of social media, Celia Rose. And... Yar, I be an editorial writer, Laser Kid. And a special guest... Yar, I used to host the Toonami Faithful podcast, and then Sketch did a mutiny on me, and now I've been cursed to J.V. Jones's locker. This is Jose Argumento, the Spanish pirate, I guess, because my last name is Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> that is an accurate account, laddie. That is exactly what happened. Uh, and I also have a disclaimer. I am a Warner Media employee, but... I do not work on Vena Pirate Princess at all. So this is not an advertisement. I'm just taught here to talk about the show for no reason that I have nothing to do with. Just work at the company. I I, I, I crew the ship. The 18T ship that is being sold off to the Discovery. This metaphor is breaking down. <laughs> I know. It's yeah, going it's off to the horizons. That's what you're it's, I'm I'm done with the pirate metaphors. Um, yeah, but uh, in all seriousness, not an ad. Uh, but I do work for Warner Media, and not an ad. I don't work on the show. And this is why we use him sparingly. But he has been watching Fena, and I wanted to have him on at least one of these episodes. Yep. Yeah, it was very last minute. I I didn't know I was going to be on t till today. <laughs> he just asked, and I'm like, "Am I busy?" And I'm like, "Very, very spur of the moment." Alright, I'm okay. Yeah, we'll do it. Which is that just works out quite excellent. I was a uh, 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 mm, a little short-handed the previous episode, but Ampren and I tried our best. Yeah, sorry, and I was I... being keel hauled over in Boston for a week. <laughs> well, I've never been to Boston in the fall. Well, I'd never been at all, but now I have. And if you got that reference, thank you. I did not. I feel sad. Oh, well, Veggie Tales. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm too old for them Veggie Tales. You're never. But we're old. here to talk about Fena. <laughs> we are, we are. We definitely. Next, you're going to bring up One Piece. So I mean, I could talk about thing. that all day, but I, I want. <laughs> Veggie Tales is not the pirate show we're here to talk about. We, right, we, we have managed up. to not make too many mentions of One Piece in this podcast. Oh, okay. Before. Oh, well, I. It up. Yeah, Gosh. I'm okay with <laughs> you that. You told me not to curse, and I cursed. <laughs> yeah, I'll just have to uh, put in some dolphin sounds there. <laughs> yes, you so you fun. explicitly told me not to curse, and the first thing I do is curse. I'm trying to keep this not explicit. I mean, I feel like it would increase the reach if it's. I know, I know, I know. You're right. I'm sorry. It's this it's is a... on Adult Swim, though. So yeah, yeah. And a couple of episodes are rated TVMA due to, you know, she used to work at a brothel. There was some heavily implied sex one episode. So yeah, this isn't a family-friendly show. <laughs> not, not exactly. No, <laughs> not exactly. But yeah, it it is it, whatever. But yeah. uh, between the previous podcast that we put out and this podcast, it was actually. Talk like a pirate day, apparently, but around here, it's always talk like a pirate day. At least for brief periods of time, because this gets tiring. Matey. 
Yeah, oh, a good does. pirate knows when to oh, strike and when not to. Yeah. <laughs> my, my throat is already sore, so I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> It'll do that to you. Yeah, fair, fair. Mm, fair enough. So, Jose, it's your first time on uh, talking about Fena. What what are your general impressions so far? Uh, well, th- this is not part of the proper podcast, right? This is like its own thing. No, this is we can we can kind of doing a spinoff. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, so but to to reference the episode last time I was on, I was talking about Blade Runner. With you guys yep. on the on the main line, two hundred fifth podcast. Oh no! What will we do if we have a Blade Runner spinoff? Uh, hopefully, I'm not busy. We're not here to talk about Blade Runner. Uh, no, but last time I was here, I was I, well. Last time I was I was chatting with you, Sketch. Uh, we were talking about Blade Runner because the trailer had come out, and you had asked me. Uh, basically, you kind of asked me like about all the Toonami originals that had been announced, and that and Fena was among them. And I said Fena was probably the one that i wasn't really that excited for um not the least excited for but like you know it wasn't i i had much higher hopes for uzumaki and and blade runner and fena has just been exceeding my expectations like it's a it's just a swashbuckling good time i'm having so much fun with it i i'm you know the trailers didn't do it for me but like the show itself is like really drawing me in i'm glad i really gave the show a shot it's it's just so much fun. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. Would you agree that maybe the trailers gave the wrong impression of the show? Like they were overly serious, perhaps? They were overly like, yeah, the the show is definitely more of a comedy. Or here's the thing. Yeah, it it's not a straight comedy, it's like a swashbuckling adventure. And the the sense of humor didn't come through in the trailers. It just it played everything very seriously, and I think it needed to be more. You know, not to not to tell my colleagues over at Adult Swim how to advertise a show because they got me to watch the show. So what do I? What do they care? Um, <laughs> you know, it's to me when I watch the show, I'm like, I think more in the veins of I hate to say it, but like Pirates of the Caribbean. You watch those trailers. And you get a mm-hmm. sense like this is a swashbuckling adventure. This is a like, this is a good time. It's not taking itself too seriously. And the trailer that Toonami put out, I just felt like really, really serious, um, like overly serious. So I think I got the wrong impression from the show. But you know, I doesn't mean an overly serious pirate adventure would be a bad show. It's just I'm I'm surprised and I've been happy with the way his, the show has turned out and just it's exceeded everything I've I've thought it was going to be i thought it was just going to be a decent you know production ig b tier anime and no it is not it is a really good show like i'm i'm having a great time with it it's interesting that you bring up the trailers too jose because i've been watching the japanese trailers as they've been coming out also because i noticed from the start from the very first trailer that was dropped by toonami and the very first trailer that was dropped from the japanese account on twitter that they're marketing the show very differently in mm-hmm. Japan, they're marketing it as a romance. And like knowing what I know now, because I've already seen over half the show, and then they dropped the third teaser uh, last week because it premieres in Japan on October 2nd. I'm like, this is a completely different show that they're showing here. And like the way that they're portraying Fena's character, I'm like, this isn't anything like what she's actually doing in the show. And it's really interesting. Well, sometimes, I mean, I'm going to toot my own horn for a minute, but like sometimes, uh, you know, when you cut trailers together and I've had this experience, you pick an aspect of the show and you lean very hard into it. 
So, and that's not necessarily a bad way to sell a show. Absolutely not. Um, nor is it deceptive. I don't think that Toonami or the, I think I've watched one of the Japanese trailers. I don't think they've led me astray. It's just, we're trying to sell this show and we are going to pick the aspects that we think are going to work. And, you know, uh, seems to be working because people are watching it. People are talking about it. So hooray. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I've just, I've just, I can't emphasize how impressed I've been with the show. Like, because you, you heard me. I was pretty down on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you came around. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> hey, there's nothing about... wrong with being pleasantly surprised by a show because, you know, a lot of these anime that are you know, somewhat influenced by Western production and have you know western people foot in the bill can tend to turn out pretty so-so <laughs> i mean yeah that's no that's fair i mean like you know one of my favorite shows is igpx and a lot of people find that show to be very so-so mm. uh and a lot of the same production team you know that worked on igpx at least the producing team is uh is working on this show and it's been like you know the reaction for igpx i feel like was more soft and the people who are watching this like it's a much stronger response than what igpx got yeah i would agree with that and i say that as someone who really loves igpx part of that i mean it's a, it's an amazing show I've, I've, I've sung its praises a ton but part of that's also right place right time it's it's the premiere we all wanted yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's another thing we discussed on the mainline show. We we talked about like this is something I can't really get anywhere else, and it's unique and it's fun. And you know I'm tuning in as often as I can at midnight to watch the show. Um, more often than not, though, I tend to watch it the next day on iTunes because uh, I bought the season pass. Uh, and hey, it all counts. Hey, man, the, I literally gave them money. I didn't get a discount on it. I gave. <laughs> paid full price to just season pass it on on itunes because it's just easier for me to watch that way so but yeah enjoying the show immensely uh but we're talking about episode seven and eight right yep seven and eight the burning sea and a knight's vow so let's go ahead and get into that quick recaps here after moping about the ship and reflecting on the situation on the bonito the crew all see each other trying to sneak out to save Fena and catch each other, including Shitan. And Makaba's words finally get through to Shitan, and they all set out to uh, set out on the Bonito because Makaba makes the very wise observation: "Hey, if it's all of us, why not take the big boat instead of the little one?" I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that, that is very fair. I bet we pick Shitan out. Yeah, <laughs> make him take the little boat. That's right. He can fend for himself. He'll be fine. Man, y'all are so mean to my boy. <laughs> well, boy, I I don't like Sheeton <laughs> after these two episodes. Sheeton's a complicated character at this point. Yeah. He has his reasons. Why but, a character uh, arc in these episodes? At, I at, like at first, him now, but in the middle he of he seems perfect. Then... then he seemed like perfect, but a scoundrel. But well-meaning, like you know, scoundrel with a heart of gold. And no, now he's so so much more complex than that. Now he, I don't think he's a scoundrel. Yes, maybe with the ladies, sure, but like that's what I mean. Yeah, but he's more to me. I just look at him as like 
he will follow orders to a fault. And it's interesting that his comrades do not follow his his ways. Like, they are also, quote-unquote, soldiers who have orders that they follow. And at the same time, all of them are like, no, this doesn't feel right. This is wrong. And he's the, you know, he's the one guy who's like, no, follow orders. And it makes him a very... It just, it, you're right, it makes him a very complex character because this whole time he's been somewhat easygoing and he's been, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of a scoundrel with the ladies, but but he's been competent and he's been kind and willing to train Fena and and now he's just like, because he's ordered to, he's very willing to turn his back on her completely to do the job that's at hand. And it's a, it's a very interesting uh, character progression for him. Yeah. You kind of don't really see that coming with him. Yeah. Which is good. I, the, the show is surprising you. So, on the Navy ship, Abel shows Fena his painting of her mother, Helena, but they are interrupted by the Rumble Rose attacking because uh, O'Malley is not happy with the situation and wants to... Uh, Attack them and take Fena and get to El Dorado, yada yada. But this, at this point, she kind of knows that El Dorado is totally fake, right? Like Abel kind of admitted it to her. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure if she believes that it doesn't exist. I read that more. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I read that more as like, screw these guys. They took advantage of us. They don't get to get away with it. So let's take them out. Well, that, yeah, that was, that, that was the vibe too. I got, too. That, yeah. too. But she's also just mad about Abel and Finn as whatever's going on there. Yeah. Ah, uh, the jealous girlfriend. <laughs> and Abel does not want to mess around, so he orders him to fire an explosive round with the Wellington Cannon. Great name, right? And that just decimates the Rumble Rose pretty much instantly, and Yukimaru who's gotten there on his little ship is just looking on in horror and even sees in the wreckage, somebody who looks vaguely like Fena and freaks out for a moment. So we flash back to Kay and Yukimaru training. And he has this moment where Kay says he's not a strong enough swordman and he needs to conquer his emotions. Over on the Navy ship, Fena steps out on the deck and sees the other ship burning. And she's suddenly taken back to the day on the hope where she saw what she thought were red demons. And then after a naval officer asks her if she's all right, she realizes it was actually blue-coated demons that she saw that day. Hmm. And as Fena is overcome with fear and cries out for Yukimaru, well, of course he appears. Right, instantly. Call and he shall appear. That's just how it works. She should have done that earlier. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) <laughs> say, he was in earshot yeah call the rest of them too yeah <laughs> probably would have heard no but it, it's it's a uh, it's a really good battle scene although abel uh he has a weird pistol uh it's a tri-barrel pistol and i get it it's supposed to be a multi-shot gun which i guess are, are rare at that time but i'm also like <sighs> I should have looked this up, but I feel like revolvers were around by this point. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally wrong. 
the thing shows. with Fena is it's very historically ambiguous because yeah. they reference the Sonata family. Like Yukihisa Sonata is a descendant of Yukimura Sonata, the general, but he was a general in like the 1600s, like 15, yeah. 1600s around that time. Um, and then there are some elements that I'm like, well, some of this stuff wasn't actually around until like closer to the 1700s. So I think they just use the magic of fantasy to blend all the historical timelines together. Actually, just make it work. Now that I'm thinking about it, if the United States isn't a thing yet, probably revolvers don't exist. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never mind. I just corrected myself. Sorry. Yeah, it does what it wants. Fenne exists yeah. in its own little timeline. There was definitely something unique about his gun. Yeah. Which he, he he's with... one of the full few people who seems to have a gun that can shoot more than one bullet. Mm-hmm. So uh, this fight's going on, and when the captain yells to shoot Yukimaru, when the other soldiers are like, "What? What? What? What if we hit the girl?" And at that moment, Abel shoots Yukimaru. Ouch! Yeah, <laughs> that looked really bad. And uh, things are starting to look bleak, but hey, the others arrive to fight off the navy, and they smoke bomb and manage to escape. And Abel's pissed off about the whole thing. Oh yeah. So before we, I guess before we move on to the next episode, uh, do you think the the Rose, their whole crew is dead or nah? Uh, I think maybe there might be one survivor, but other than that, it's it's hard to imagine that more than a couple of them actually survived that, if any. I really hope that they don't pull the thing where, well, you didn't see a body, so oh, they're all still alive. Ah, uh, well, they kind of already of did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, before I saw the teaser for episode nine, after episode eight, uh, I thought they were all gone, and I kind of thought it was a really like terrible way to get rid of them. Like, here, let's just bring them in and then just blow them up. Bye-bye, they're gone. Um, and we don't have to worry about them for the next four episodes. But um, in episode nine, they do tease that they return. The French purple-haired one shows up in the episode preview. I kind of hope that they're all... Uh, mm. I don't hope that they're all... I hope that like a good amount of that crew is dead. Because if they're all back, like, hey, guys, you missed. It's like, ah, oh, come on, show. I'll do that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a little too convenient. Yeah. yeah, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would hope that they pull the, well, a, f a few of the characters that you actually did know and had like names died. Yeah, yeah. I think Grace is going to come back. We already know that the purple haired one is French one is back. I think her sharpshooter friend, I forget her name, but she's the gal she's with dead. the black hair. Yeah, I, I think she's, she's coming back. Well, I think she's coming back because they showed her too often and gave her individual character moments a little too more more than the other. I ones. think Mary's coming. And back. Mary's coming back. She has the perfect ratio. They can't kill her. Yeah. She has to. <laughs> no, back. I knew she was coming back. Like I'm like, yeah, they're they're setting up her and the one of the twins because she saved. She kind of saved them by setting up the dynamite. It's implied that I feel like they she set up the dynamite to. Uh, to not blow up so that they could find it. Because hmm. she was the one who set it up. And I feel like she, it, it looked like she wasn't on board with the entire thing of just letting him starve in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she I think she's still alive. Look. Yeah. 
I think she's still alive. I don't think I'm hoping that more of the crew that we have seen and like even have names and stuff. I hope they're dead because that would be I don't know. I just think it, it creates a precedent of like nobody on the show is safe. Mm-hmm. But maybe that just isn't the show that and that's OK, too. Yeah, it could go either way. But one of the other reasons that I think Mary might be alive is because they specifically show her fall out of her perch where she yeah. was the lookout. So she may have managed to fall somewhere safe. It's entirely possible. Uh, the other big thing that I got out of this episode was found of seeing these cannons go off and having them, the memories of what happened, she actually sees a little bit of Abel in that flashback and she starts freaking out right before she calls for Yukimaru. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he was there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not shocked at all. I mean, this guy's clearly the big bad, but, you know, it's good to be confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. That bastard. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with how young-looking he is, though. Like, obviously, it's anime. They don't make guys look old very often, especially when they're supposed to be, like, mysterious and handsome types, kind of like Abel. But I'm like, mm-hmm. man, you look like you're 20, maybe 25. <laughs> There's no way you were an adult 10 years ago. And but he says that he's he's thinking of he's he painted the picture from the memories of her mother when he was a boy. We don't really yeah. know what he means by a boy. And he might just be saying that to throw Fenna off. But uh, it seems like he was already an adult at that point. I mean, maybe he found the fountain of youth. Why Jean d'Arc exists? Why can't Ponce? Yeah, I mean, we're entirely possible. Why not? And O'Malley is probably Grace O'Malley is probably from that time as well because I'm pretty sure we saw her not not in Fenna's flashback, but in um, well, in a different flashback at the very beginning of the show. I'm pretty sure that was her attacking the Hope. It might not have just been her. It was probably her and the Navy. So. Hmm. Perhaps. A lot of mystery. Lot of mystery. That basically but, brings us into the next episode. Yes. At this point, the, they've all escaped, but Yukimaru is in bad shape. He is on death's door. So they take him to see a doctor on Shaolin. That uh, they apparently know a doctor there. And Shitan remembers the day that Yukimaru returned after the Hope was attacked and thinks back to a time when he was, you know, just a kid and totally powerless to help his friend. The doctor says that Yukimaru will make a full recovery in large part due to the tobacco leaves that they use to keep his injuries from festering. Good thinking. And... After that was determined, Makaba says it was really Fena that kept him alive by staying with him all this time. And at that point, Shitan finally unloads his pent-up anger and tells them that they are all being enchanted by a witch. And Fena overhears this, of course. He overhears Shitan telling the others that Fena is a witch who came from a long line of witches who has enchanted them all. And then Shitan thinks back to when Yukihisa told him about Fena's lineage and that she must be killed if Yukimaru is ever entranced by her. So after telling Fena that it is now two times that she has been the cause for Yukimaru to be harmed, he storms off 
And we get another Shiton flashback where he remembers the first time he tried one of Makaba's rejected bows. And as he's trying it out, Yukimaru suggests if the arrows won't listen to him, then he should try to listen to the arrows. And he thinks, aim where the arrow wants to go. Don't let the target lead you astray. Remember that? What he said to Fena in the second episode? And Fena and Brule track down Shitan, and she pleads her case that she's not a witch in the most Fena way possible. And I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, the, and, the nose and the hat, but she's still a witch. <laughs> I don't have a black cat, but I do have a white dog. <laughs> if I was if I was magical, I would make myself good at shooting arrows. I'm terrible at shooting arrows. You need to train me, or it will look bad on you. <laughs> and she has a point. She, she does. does. She makes very several, many, many sensible points about all that. Oh God, she is what she's making sensible points. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was mean. So, after uh, much motor-mouthing, Shitan's like, all right, Yukimaru, you used to smack her all the time, and I think I understand why now. And he kind of agrees to keep journeying with her. It's not entirely sure yet. And uh, I think it's probably the next day that Yukimaru wakes up and finds Fena and Brule sleeping on his legs after he has a moment of, like, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> and he looks over, and it's the two of them sleeping on his legs. He's like, oh. So, to his credit, he really tries to gently coerce her awake several times until the bonk. <laughs> just, just can't avoid the bonk forever. Bonk. The bonk must be fulfilled. <laughs> and after the... Uh, uh, outcome of the bonk, Yukimaru and Fena talk on the roof about her time on the Navy ship and what Abel told her about her mother. And he tells her that he thinks Fena will find the answers she's seeking in Eden. And then Yukimaru vows to Fena that he will go anywhere with her and never let go of her hand again. Then he gently kisses her hand and she collapses as he walks away. <laughs> he might be a warlock. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> How come nobody's brought that up? Well, he's not from a line of warlocks, so it's not expected, but she's from a oh, line of witches. Yeah. So clearly, she so must be. So there's the Knight's Vow of the episode title A Knight's Vow. And uh, I, just, I really like these characters. So oh, they're fun. amazing. They're, that, that's what makes the show work so well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sorry, I if like you heard that squirt, it was a uh, hand sanitizer. I just put some on. <laughs> I don't know if it showed up in the microphone. Yeah. It's good to hand sanitize. We're still living in, you know. It's more of a nervous tick. I'm at home at this point, so... <laughs> Dude, uh, I overly sanitize. I'm like always wiping down my keyboard. But yeah, I, I love these characters. Uh, as we were saying, this is the hand sanitizer is not important. But I love these characters. They're really cool. I really like where the the show seems to be going. Um, you know, is Venna a witch though? Like she's she has to have some kind of 
mysticism about her, I feel, because it's been implied um, because of how she knows how to navigate the cave. And, you know, I guess there's enough plausibility that she's not magical, but I don't know. Cheetan might have a point. I just don't think that she's necessarily casting a spell to make anybody do anything. I, I very much feel the, the, the their witches thing is kind of a BS excuse for... They're charismatic! How dare they be charismatic! Re <laughs> I mean, if... I mean, Abel could be a warlock, too. Well, I was actually thinking... They mentioned her mom bewitched someone. It's gotta be Abel. That's gotta be who he's talking about. Oh, absolutely. When Yukihisa was talking about how she drove a man mad. Like, yeah... That's able. Yeah, but I. Be. This is too much. I honestly feel like unless there's good evidence here, this feels like too much blame on on the women, and it's just you know guys are being stupid. Mm, it's a thing. Certainly possible. <laughs> I do think that there's some something going on with Fena, the way that she oh, acted yeah. possessed in that prior episode, and she didn't know the way, and then suddenly knew exactly the way, knew exactly everything to do. I'm pretty sure she didn't go there when she was a kid. I almost feel like there's like repressed knowledge that was kind of drilled into her. That that's the feeling I get. The way that that works, it's like it's conveniently pops up when she's near something that's that's connected to it. But otherwise, it's not something she turns on. It turns itself on. Maybe maybe she has had a spell placed on her. Possible to only unlock these memories when it's relevant. Mm. Well, which I know her mother was like a indeed a witch. witch. It seems to work in this show. Yeah. If her mother is indeed a witch, that would make sense. Indeed it would. Yeah, I, you know, I would kind of go with that if there were more examples of people utilizing magic in this show. Right now, it's just them accusing her of being a witch and not really mm. that many other fantastical elements involving magic. Like, everything thus far has had an technological explanation within the universe for why it works like even the magic stone that we see at first really it's just explained that it was carved a certain way so when the light refracts it just right you can see what's in it yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's not actually magical so so i'm japan has submarines you know like they built submarines that's it right (laughs) (laughs) you know so i'm just kind of like i'm leaning more towards its repressed information or memories like if she's been there before Although she would have had to have been super, super young, and it's a miracle she remembers it at all. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the magic of anime. So, well, I mean, if you think about it, I think it, that's pretty through, much the magic that's happening here. <laughs> she went through a lot of trauma losing her father on a burning boat, being right? whisked to horrible town. I could see memories that she just normally had, not even repressed on purpose, repressed due to the trauma that are unlocking as she's experiencing them. And that's how that would work. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's something I agree with. I've seen some discussion online where people are saying that Fena is not being a really active protagonist. Like I've seen it on, in, on several different websites where people are talking about it. But the reality is, is that she's really behaving like a human being. Like if you were suddenly thrust into all this information that she has just within the past three episodes, what would you do about it? Like, no, yeah. you know, that's a lot to process. And she actually experienced a traumatic flashback and breakdown, like on the ship's deck, you know, in the pri- in episode seven. 
there's not much you can do when you're in the middle of a crisis situation like that. And it's pretty normal to freeze up. So when, when people are looking at how she's responding and being like, she's supposed to be a badass. I'm like, well, she's also a human being. Like <laughs> and I think it's month, better yeah. that her character responds this way instead of just, I'm going to push through it like nothing's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a month ago, she was in a brothel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And while she has been training, to her credit, she's been training. She's not going to get it like in a week. No. No, and if she did, people These... would be making different complaints about her. Yeah, yes. she's she's training as hard as she can, clearly, but, like, the people that she's with have been training their whole lives. Like, how how is she possibly going to compete with that? Well, and if you look at it, she takes actions that she can. She helps direct where we're going. It's like, okay, this is where we should go to do this. This is where we should go to do this. Oh, somebody's hurt. Here's how we keep them from getting infected. She's doing things that's that are within her ability. Right. And to yeah. her credit, when Grace attacks her before uh, before she storms off of the giant blue and like holds her up against the wall. Right. And is threatening to kill her. Benna basically tells her to shove off. She's like, yeah. I have nothing yeah. to say to you, which I'm like, kudos to you, girl. Like, that's a lot of courage. You know, she may not be able to fight back against Grace. She's not at the same physical capability, but she's definitely not afraid to tell her what she thinks. Jeez, yeah. Grace kicked a poor Cody through the door. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fenna moths off to her. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think also because right now we're all experiencing this in a week-to-week -week format, it's easy when the time passes to not see how these things are lining up versus mm. if you were watching it all in one go. You know, so I think that if after the show is done and people go back and watch it all the way through, then the through line for Fena's character arc will be, I think, a bit more clear instead of watching it and having a week go by. You know, and it's easy to forget about what happened between the time you're watching that last episode and then the new one coming out. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be much more apparent. I don't know. Maybe I, I maybe I'm just an old dude. I like the week to week because um, it. It gives me time to chew on the episode, like just stick mm -hmm. with it, because you're right. Like there, there are some shows that are definitely better binged, where you know having that stuff about this character fresh in your mind is a good thing to have. But I also, you know, I like the week to week. I, I it's nice to have it like chew on it and you know be like, oh, this is this is really nice, and like, oh, this thing connects to this thing. Right? Where where do I think it's gonna go? You know. If the episode's just out, then it's like, oh, well, all right, just watch the next episode. I don't have to guess. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I also prefer the week-to-week, -week, but I also can see where in that week-to-week -week, there are some things that don't necessarily work just for the audience consuming yeah. it. You know, for some people, they can continue to do that, but there are so many people who watch anime now, and I'm sure you're well aware of it, that just watch it and then completely forget about it by the next week because they're watching, like, what, 15 to 20 shows a season? Yeah, you know, I, I can't keep up with anime anymore. Like, I just kind of stopped um, for yeah, the most part, really like, hard. trying to keep up. It, I, it basically, if it doesn't call my attention, I'm not watching it. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> Too old for this crap. I used to buy just whatever anime VHS tape I'd see. I'm that those days are long gone. 
Much bold farts on this podcast. Yeah. Myself included. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I just, just turned 40 back in June. I'm an old man over here. Yeah. Back in my day, we had to go to Suncoast Video. We had to go 15 <laughs> miles in the snow both ways. To the good but mall. Grandpa, Grandpa, you were born in Miami. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it used to snow back then. You don't know. You were there. We used oh to watch goodness. anime on TV, and we liked it. Yeah, we <laughs> sure it's did. censored um, Escafrone on Fox Kids. Yay! No, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't like that. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> and it didn't last long. They put bikinis yeah. on the boobies. Uh, yep. I mean, that was... That that was some painstaking editing that they deserve all the credit of the world for pulling. Yeah, that's hard. But now they don't have to do that kind of thing. Yeah, now they just paint the nipples out. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what they do. That's true. At Lost Star episode 23, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. The Adult Swim version just paints Ika's nipples out and calls it a day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm really enjoying the show. I just, I can't say enough good things about it. It's just nice to have a surprise like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. I hope it, I hope it continues on this path. It's really fun. Um, it's, it's so unique. We don't get stuff like this very often. So it stands out. There was an interesting, somewhat pretentious moment that I wanted to point out. And that after they fired the big gun and the captain is like, you see, that was just a waste. They, we didn't really need to do that for a measly little pirate ship. And then Abel just responds, Matthew book nine, verse 16. And yeah, the captain is like, is that the one about pouring old wine? No, captain, that's that's 917. But it, it is connected. It is connected. But the verse that Abel was talking about was the one about not combining unshrunken pieces of cloth with new garments. And it is more as an allegory for uh, not introducing uh, when, when you're introducing something new, you can't put it with the old thing anymore you have to make it its own new thing and then the verse following about the wineskins is you know the old wine in new wineskins you don't want to do that but what does abel really mean there um why would you fire the old cannons when you have (laughs) why would you fire the old cannons when you have this big new one i think that's probably what it means He's just saying it in a very pretentious way. And, you know, he's such a prick. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> I actually kind of like it because it gives a little bit of flavor to his character. He, he's the pomp and circumstance villain, and we're getting the pomp and circumstance of the day. or sort that, of. Yeah, I, I like I like that the characterization is just, hey, Abel, hate him. Uh, he's horrible. <laughs> he's awful. Although, let's be honest here. Abel's just kind of doing his own thing. Like, yeah. Even if he were part of the army, he's not following whatever he's supposed to be doing for the army. <laughs> like, did the army really give him that giant cannon that just absolutely destroyed that? Or did he go and seek that out for his own ship and outfit it himself? 
You know, clearly mm -hmm. his mission with Fena is not something the army is leading because I feel like we would have seen more ships show up at some point or he would have returned back to a base to bring her there if that was part of his mission instead of just holding her hostage on his own boat and then saying creepy things about her mom. So, yeah, he may have standing in the army, but there's also part of me that's like, mm, I feel like who you are as a character just is everything about the army is irrelevant to what you're doing and what your motivations are right now. He also probably has a high enough rank to be able to get what he wants at this point. Yeah, he definitely yeah. seems to be able to just do, hey, I do what I want. I mean, he's not, I mean, I think the captain said that he's not the captain of the ship, but he still gets to order the captain of the ship around. So I'm like, it's probably got to be somewhat like really important um, if he's not at the top of the military to still be able to order a captain around on his own ship. Hmm. Yeah. 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 What is Abel anyway? He is a very good villain. I mean, yes, yes. <laughs> I was getting ready to so. say a miserable little pile of secrets, but I'm a dork like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another thing I have to point out about this episode. It finally had an adequate amount of doggo. Yes. Good doggo. Finally, after several episodes of not enough doggo if any doggo. at all rule of the best doggo don't even at me it's best boy best boy <laughs> i can't say that i have a dog oh i mean i have that well, that's true i don't dogs. have a dog so it, i can yeah my folks have dogs so i i i like those dogs but yeah yeah i also have a dog i can't i can't call rule best boy but i can appreciate the fluff because i also have a dog so i have a little uh she's a little quirky Oh, not nice. not like Bebop Corgi, but like close. That's really cute. I have yeah. a Great Pyrenees. He big boy. This show is now just about dogs. Yes. <laughs> Welcome no to the Tsunami Doggo Podcast. to the dogs. <laughs> this is the Brule cast, and all we do is talk about when Brule shows up. Do they pet Brule? Yes. They pet her. Yes. At this timestamp. <laughs> if they don't, except when Yukimaru that wasn't cool. <laughs> Yukimaru's canceled. Yep. I think Yukimaru secretly loves that dog. Look at the way he was talking to him when he was stuck on oh, the ship. You are right. Loves that dog. Oh, who doesn't love that dog? Everyone loves the dog. It's more just like Yukimaru. Reminds me of the Undertale dog every time I see him. I think Yukimaru talks to him just like another person, though. So, like, if he annoys <laughs> him, he doesn't get spared. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't talk to their dog that way? That's true. I do talk to my dog like a person. <laughs> Yeah, I will say, though, like, with Yukimaru, it's kind of funny seeing that we know he's very awkward because he talks to Brule like a person. But the way he talked to Fena in his confession was so smooth and so suave. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, this is a big change from the weirdo you were acting like in the first, like, four episodes. I think he's, you know? he's finally comfortable. He's like, come yeah. get me, curse. I'm here. Exactly. I'm all yours, curse. <laughs> Come here, black magic woman. I yeah. love it. And like when Fena fainted at the end, I'm like, oh, girl, same. Like whoever wrote those lines, that was really good. I might have to send those to my boyfriend and be like, here, take notes, please. <laughs> you know? uh, who wrote this one? Was it was it Stephanie and, and Michael over at NYAP Post? I'm guessing. 
Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to I look at the credits Marianne to see. Miller handles the scripts. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll send her a note. Be like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> was it as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> send Man. they a note. I think she's not binary. I think they are non-binary. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, I, I spot checked that one with the Japanese one just because I wanted to hear Asami Seto freaking out. <laughs> and both, I, both her and Brittany Cox were perfect. <laughs> I have not yes. watched the Japanese version. Is it is it fun? Oh, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. Cool. You got some great people in there. Aoyuki plays Karen, which is fantastic. Yeah, Asami Seto is really good at playing, like, Oh, not really like Genki types, because I don't think I would classify Fena as Genki. No. Totally. But like she's really good at playing those types of characters. Like really. And when she gets girls. like Yeah. She plays actually a character that I really like in Macross Delta that kind of has that same earnestness that Fena does. She's a, just a little bit more reserved, but it's there. And so when I listened back to the clips in Japanese when I was doing the highlights for this week from Tsunami. And listening to her, I'm like, oh, this is so nostalgic. Like, this is a wonderful feeling because I've heard her use this voice before. I love it. She's so good. Mm -hmm. I want to know when she's going to sing again, though. She sang at the beginning. The mm -hmm. song, I think, has a purpose. You're probably right about that. I want it to show up again, and I'm really curious when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the episode preview, we see what looks to be a witch burning. Burn the witch! Burn the I witch! I mean, it could be Joan of Arc. Uh, that was my assumption, honestly. Yeah, but well, wasn't wasn't Abel in that scene too? Maybe I don't... he was, and the uh, woman at the stake looked just like Fena. Yeah, I think it's also, Oh, I'm pretty sure Jean Jean d'Arc is Jean d'Arc. Excuse me, is not blonde, if I remember correctly. So it's probably not her. No, well, and it would also make sense if it wasn't her anyways, just because they confirmed that someone used the Jean d'Arc name to commission the stone, but mm -hmm. she'd already been dead for five years. So it's mm -hmm. someone who probably was masquerading as her, maybe even Helena. I don't know. She looks so much like Fena, it's possible that it's her mom. Or Abel's just having a really wicked nightmare, <laughs> you know? Or it's just Fena. Could just be Fena. And she is a witch this whole time. Time they tried to burn her, match. and it didn't work. <laughs> Someone was leading in the promos here because in the previous episode's promo for the episode eight one, you got the impression that they went back to the island, and at least I did. That they got, and that scene that Yukihisa and Shitan were sharing was like they're back on the island, and everybody's back there. And oh, on Goblin Yukihisa. Island, yeah. No, uh, they can't go back. <laughs> Fen is no. still alive. They can't go back yet. Yeah, that's that's true. So I don't know. I, I that that's just where my mind thought that that promo was. Directing I thought, me. I, I, uh, I thought but it was a flashback. I thought they were on Goblin Island too, because I was just like, oh, maybe they just decided not to kill Fena. They were just like, now nah, you're cool. Yeah, no, they. I think not, they just oh, found a doctor. Yeah, and they, they have to hide out because K is on the way too. K is coming to find them. Speaking of K, uh, we had a couple of moments with K in some flashbacks here, both when he was telling Yukimaru to man up and 
Also, when he was just straight up slandering his brother. <laughs> like, just right? remember, yeah. Yukimaru, that the next time you face a swordsman, he'll be much better than this one. <laughs> like, oh, dang, bro. He's such, he, I think he's a good teacher, but he is a terrible big brother. Like, the yeah. way he was talking to Shitan, I'm like, oh, my God. Stop hurting him. That's so mean. I wonder he went off and learned to use a weird bow. Right? <laughs> and, like, I admit, I'm Shitan biased. I've been biased toward him from the start because I really liked his character design and mm. his plot. Mm-hmm. Fair. But just seeing that, I'm like, oh, that's just, that's just mean. Mm-mm. You can't even, like, excuse that as quote-unquote character building for being like a harsh teacher it's just being a pretty much that's uh that's unfortunate but i did want to point out that early on in this series i criticized them and questioned whether or not we were ever going to get enough background on these characters because we didn't get any of that in the first two episodes well the show has delivered since then so good on you show you knew what you were doing it's uh, I, I also like that it's not just like flashback after flashback after fl- like or like really long flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. It's it's more weaved in. Yeah, so. it's it's like there's a couple of instances where they flash back to something, and what we're supposed to interpret is it's them telling someone else their memory. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think and works it's... better than if they just regurgitated it themselves. And it's just nice. Because, like, I feel like there's too many anime that will just, like, it's nothing but backstory for, like, five episodes. And you're like, uh, this could have been weaved in. <laughs> it's just an exposition dump. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Especially because not every character needs a backstory. Like, I thought that Shitan's flashbacks, where you got to see the twins and Makaba, like, knowing that they've been around each other a long time, I felt like that was sufficient instead of, Here's Karin's backstory. Here are the twins' backstories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It yeah, felt more you natural. Don't really need that. Yeah. Uh, Makaba explains how originally it was just the three of them, and then the twins, and oh, just the three of them, and then Subaki, and then the twins and Karin, just progressively, and their family kept getting bigger and bigger, and now Fena is part of that family, and we should go protect our family. That whole speech that Makaba gave, I was like, yo, when this this guy doesn't talk very often, but when he does, you listen. It's the yep. it's the silent Bob syndrome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Big dude yes. stays quiet a lot of the time and then but when he speaks, it's like the whole moral of the movie gets laid out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not to the same degree, but you, you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I do. I do understand. It is a trope, but it's one I appreciate. So that was and he even convinced Sheetan, who was at that point very against going after Fena. So good good job on you, Makaba. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mountain a of a boy. Well, and it speaks a lot to Sheetan as well, that even though he knows he should follow orders there's still this part of his heart that says I'm going to follow my friends because it's the right thing to do, not Mm -hmm. because I was told to do this. Now you could contextualize all of Shitan's efforts for Fena in prior times as really more doing it for the sake of Yukimaru. Yes. 
And I actually think that's what helps them reconcile is the fact that he realizes that Fena is also trying to be as useful to Yukimaru as she can, just like mm-hmm. he is. And that's the point where he goes, okay, yeah. maybe I can accept you a bit more. Oh, and there was that moment when Yukimaru and Fena were talking where she admits that, you know, she she's always been pounding around with the other people on the crew, but it's all just been an act. And that she doesn't really understand who she is or what she should be doing, but she kind of wants to continue journeying with them as long as they can and is not sure if she wants to find the answers of who she is because she doesn't want things to change. All really good (sighs) stuff. Yeah. It's nice having friends. It is nice having friends. Mm -hmm. This is the part where we all group hug. That kind of sounds... Kind of sounds like a millennial crisis. Gonna lie, <laughs> I just being like, I don't want things to change, even though I know they have to. <laughs> Journeys come to an end at some point. Yep. Unless they get renewed for another season. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. It's this show is just really good, and and I think a testament to it is just how much how many layers there are to it and how much we keep talking about it and just it. Yeah. It's just a really good show. Mm-hmm. So we did I don't some... have much more to add. I'm so, out of ideas. We did get some talk backs. So I'm going to read those off pretty quick. Uh, Lucy and Grayfold 17 says, I loved it. The animation when they fired that special cannon was amazing. And all the plot related details revealed really upped my hype to see what happens next. Great voice acting on the dub and the sub. Agreed. <laughs> that is one canon that <laughs> did not love. <laughs> oh, I broke my own. <laughs> you broke your own. You have to bleep yourself. Oh, no. I might just delete that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good joke. You keep it in. I'm telling um, you what to do now. You all right. Bleep it. <laughs> all right. All right, my mentor in editing podcasts. I will heed your words. Uh, Toonami Live writes in, easily the best pacing of any episode of the date. I believe this was for uh, seven. The first time I felt the 22 minutes just flew by and left me with great anticipation for the next one. I feel like all the 22 minutes keep flying by. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, a lot happened in episode seven. Like, a lot happened in a yeah. pretty Oh, time. yeah. Super dense. And then episode eight was really a cool down, a lot of talking and contemplating, and which is good. I, I feel like that, that was important to do. And earned. Yes. Uh, and just as a aside there, we finally get some kind of confirmation of at, at least a vague idea of how long they have been journeying when Sheetan says just a few short weeks. So uh, roughly a month, maybe, yeah. which is crazy because they've gone quite a long distance with like they went to germany they went to france i mean they have a submarine while everybody else is still sailing that's true that thing seems to go very fast oh i did appreciation the attention to detail on like the switches and stuff that we saw in the seventh episode like when they're putting it on autopilot yeah that was pretty cool very cool very cool uh regarding i believe episode seven also luis merlo writes in i'm sorry but it was pure bs that yukimaru 
and the other members of the crew didn't get murdered. This heroic back-to-back rescue was cliche as hell. Ah, you can't kill them off that early. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you can. Why not? Yeah. I true. just I I don't think it would have I think, you know, I, I don't think it would have uh worked necessarily because it clearly like there's more for that character to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the conflict of is Fena a witch kind of lies with Yukimaru's relationship with Fena. And it's mm-hmm. going to be an important part of solving that mystery. Yeah. Uh, so I think killing him off doesn't really make sense. Like, who would you kill off? Don't kill off Makaba. Uh, kill off Karen. Oh! You can't get rid of their engineer! What if the no, submarine breaks? No! <laughs> so, uh, no. I already out. get enough of that from Walking Dead. I don't need that in Fena. I mean, I, I get you. Also, uh, Sundrag own fly wrote in, love Karen. That, I love Karen, talk by back. the way. I love or Karen. I keep calling her Karen. Karen, Karen. Karen I, I think it's Karen. I, I it's Karen. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's Karen. Karen. That, that scene in that previous episode where she's like, do I still look cute? <laughs> yes. No, she's. Yes, a, let do. me be clear. I like the character. I'm just like, oh, if I had to pick somebody to kill off at this point, it would be her. Yeah, it would probably be her. <laughs> that, would, that would get no, the most emotional impact. No, that would impact. make me so sad. <laughs> I would, we'd all be I would, sad about it, but like if I had to we'd pick a character, if I had to pick a character to die in that raid, it'd be her. Just one of them. What is a twin I, without the other? Oh, that would be oh no, that would dynamic. be sad. That would be sad, but also really very sad. dynamic. Observation I think I might on one tweet. of my votes. So apparently, we just want to make Fena really depressing, is what I'm getting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's make Fena like super depressing. Well, think about it. If somebody had died in that raid to rescue Fena, then Shitan would be even more justified in his anger. Yeah. But you don't really need uh, that. Yeah, I don't know. Yukimaru was close enough to Death's Door by getting shot in the back at close range that True. I feel like it was justified enough without someone actually dying. See? A lot of anime can learn from this. You don't have to kill characters, just almost kill them. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like anime dead. already does that a lot. Can't do anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did. you're right. Anime doesn't need to learn that lesson. They are uh, experts. You just get the Dragon Balls. If you don't it. see a body, they're not dead. That's <laughs> you right. Just get the Dragon Balls. Yeah. If you don't see a body, maybe there's Dragon Balls. We don't know. We don't know. That's really what's in Eldorado. Why not? That's, what That's Grace right. Is going for. All seven Dragon Balls <laughs> are in Eldorado. And they get there and they're like, darn it, Toonami fans, it was Dragon Ball all along. <laughs> you, they, they tricked you. They tricked you. So two more talkbacks. The first from Island Girls comic. Did Helena despise or fear Abel and tried to get Fena away from him? But why? Is O'Malley's gang truly all dead? Is Yukimaru going to be okay? Answer to that one, yes. What's the Joan of Arc connection? She died a virgin, so there's no bloodline. Or is there face with open mouth? Um, mm. Yeah, I uh, maybe Helena didn't like Abel. Well, maybe, look at um, the way he talks about her. Maybe, <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to get 12 feet away from that he guy. He talks very yeah. obsessively and not in a way that he was intimate, in a way that he's an obsessive fan. Not a lot. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, Helena didn't end up with Abel, so... Eh. Yeah, well, and with the Joan of Arc thing, like, I don't know, it's tough to say. I'm kind of leaning towards more that they're using the identity of Joan of Arc instead of actually being Joan of Arc. But then the La Pucelle thing doesn't doesn't really click. I don't know. I have to see how it plays out because I feel like those are two plot threads that aren't quite ready to converge and wrap up just yet. I mm. think uh, I don't think Joan of Arc is not. Uh, I think it's going to be actually important. I don't think it's just an identity for identity's sake. Um, I think it plays into it. I just don't know how. Yeah, with the, the fact that Fena goes to the grave and we don't know what would have happened if she hadn't gotten captured there. So I feel like there's got to be something there beyond just using the name or pretending to be Joan of Arc for whatever reason. Uh, And the last one, Journeyman15 wrote in, oh yeah, uh, I I think we should have Brittany Cox up for a VA nod Fena x Yukimaru for best couple nod, best score, maybe Brule as best boy. Yes, best boy, because who's boy a good Brule. boy? Amen. And Fena is getting closer to the best protagonist nod in my book. Very lovely recovery episode. Thank you, Jeremy. Right? Oh, good man, best folks. score. Oh, have, we, yes. have we actually talked about Yuki Kajura's score for the series yet on any of the Fenecast episodes? Because, whoa. A little bit she here and is there. Like, she's knocking it out of the park. Amen. She always does. Mm. You know, that's that's Yuki Kajura. Like, you're not going to get a bad score from her. But it's so good. Yeah, if there's anything everybody can agree on, the music in Sword Art Online is fantastic. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that one... The, I mentioned this in the previous one, uh, that track that played when they were uh, looking at the the prism that was so similar to something I heard from Dot Hack Sign. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh getting chills. Mm. Love Dot it. Hack Extended Universe, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's I, all I, been a game no, this I, entire I, time. I'll be honest, I haven't noticed the music on this one. Um, that's on me. I will go back and rewatch it. I don't know. There are a few tracks that I've noticed. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. But nothing's stood out to me. But that I think that's more just I'm engaged with the show. And I'm not paying attention. Hmm. Well, you with obviously Yuki need Kajura, to engage on more of a level. <laughs> right? Well, I, I, do need her, I like her music because it doesn't distract you from what's going on. It's such a, like, it's such a key point to the immersion of the experience that like at least for me i'm already enjoying her score because it's part of the scene overall instead of going wow that's a really nice piece and drawing out of what the characters are doing i think it depends on the the composer um like i don't know yoko kano is a very show-off composer yes like (laughs) her music gets your attention uh every time it's it's played but i don't know it works for me i guess um i would have to there have been a few tracks that I've noticed. I think one of them is in the trailer, actually, the Tsunami trailer. And I, I love that violin score. Um, it works, works really well. But like that's the only one I've really noticed. All the other ones, not so much. So I'll, uh, I'll keep my ears perked. I haven't really paid attention. 
Okay. I should I should listen more often to more music. I haven't. Speaking. You, you guys have you guys have asked me to do a music of Tsunami episodes, and I'm like, I'm come not on, buddy. To music. I haven't listened <laughs> to music in a really long time for a lot of reasons, mostly pandemic related. So I would I feel like I'm not qualified anymore to do it. <laughs> yeah, the times when I mostly listened to music was commute, and I don't have much of a commute. <laughs> yep. I get a couple of couple of tracks. I actually listened to the opening to Fena on my way home from work yesterday before tsunami. <laughs> Love oh that. my I goodness! Do, I do like the uh, opening because I have the closed captioning on, and it always says singing in Japanese when the opening. <laughs> <is starting. laughs> oh, that's great! Oh, uh, if you if you want a good laugh, just uh, turn on the closed captioning track. As soon as she goes, hey, you, and it just goes singing in Japanese. <laughs> it's like, no, it's hey, you, hey, you, calling out to the sea. And I think that that's all I can understand. Yeah. But it's in English, and I'm like, good job, subtitled people. <laughs> that's so funny. That's. <laughs> and I, I don't, uh, it wasn't one of our talkbacks, but. I did see somebody tweet at some point. You can't tell me that that confession to Fena was not a marriage proposal. Like, yeah, this definitely gave that kind of vibe. That's a promise ring. Yeah. That's yeah, like, that's it. If we make it out of this alive, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fena, go steady with me, Fena. Oh my god. Are we exclusive now? Can we be exclusive now? Like, that's it's you know these are still kids i know like they're they're adults but they're like what 18 19 they're children yeah they don't they don't get it yet they will no No. (laughs) but they're precious they're very precious but i love their children (laughs) well you don't have to worry about like shiton trying to steal finna i guess (laughs) He'd no, rather see... steal Yukimaru. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I'm like, he's he's definitely more interested in Yukimaru. <laughs> he's definitely strong in the bros before hoes code. Mm. Where he's like, get away from my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he keeps calling her a witch. Nobody even told her that Fenna was a witch. Nobody told him that Fenna was a witch. He's just like bros before hoes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he made that shit up. <laughs> yeah, she's totally a witch, you guys. She's a witch. Didn't you know? Come on. All women are witches. Cheetahs are like, she's a witch. She turned me into a newt. A newt? I got better. (laughs) Couldn't resist. Nah. Uh, Yeah. Great. 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 Any more tweets? No, that's all of them. It's, It's been fun. It's been fun. I have quite enjoyed discussing these episodes with y'all but we should probably get out of here yeah it's been fun uh no guarantees i'll come back (laughs) hey that that's okay but i do hope that we can grab you if we do anything for blade runner black lotus i would love to come back for for blade runner uh and i like maybe at the end of it or something or at the beginning i don't know i i definitely want to come back for for blade runner i'm really excited about that show but this isn't the blade runner podcast this is the the fennecast that's right and fenna's real good 
And, you know, yeah. there's only like, what, three episodes left? There's four, four, five episodes four, left. Four episodes left. Four. four episodes left. Okay, so it's, we've it's got... Nine and ten, eleven and twelve. I thought it was thirteen. No, it's twelve. Oh. Okay, then. Well, Pretty sure it was twelve. Blade Runner's thirteen. Mm-hmm. It's okay. wrapping up really soon. Yeah, yeah. we're halfway there. No, more, there a little yeah. more. A little more than, actually. We are two-thirds of the way there. Yeah, my brain can do math, I swear. <laughs> we're actually getting to like dangerous territory of original anime because yeah. it's the last like one or two episodes where original anime either like stick the landing or fumble it completely i think fen is gonna stick it because it's been really good so far but it's not mm, i don't think it's an exception to the possibility of it not doing well for that conclusion it also seems like, I mean, okay, so let me be clear. I have no insider information about this, but they said season one. And my guess is that this is a, similar to IGPX, where season two is already in production. And we'll be seeing it probably right after Blade Runner. That's my guess. I hope so, because I've yeah. been enjoying this. So it's, it's season one as in like, oh, we're taking a, a break for like, 13 weeks and that's it hmm could be could be i could definitely go for more of this equally likely that they weren't sure how well this was going to do and they only planned on 12 episodes for now with the hope of doing more i think there's going to be more i i i doubt that this is the end of feta to be honest i don't know i i have no insider information it's just a hunch. That's all I'm going on. Well, and them referencing it as season one does kind of imply that a second season greenlit, or at least more content has been greenlit, even if it's not quite ready yet. Yeah. 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 I, I would agree. But sometimes they just do that kind of stuff willy-nilly. No, Adult Swim is pretty good about not doing that. Mm. Like, they don't announce Primal season one, you know? They just announce Primal. And when they talked, when they did the Fena trailer, it was like Fena season one. And I'm like, that implies season two is already either in production or nearly done, or just they're splitting up the two 26, the two 12 episode seasons, you know, and showing the next 12 later. Like, I really just don't, it's very out of character for Adult Swim to do that. So I just, my, my hunch is that season two is either greenlit already done and they're just waiting or something to that effect i just i don't think this is the end of fena a fair and reasonable theory yeah all right so if you have anything to say about fena you can always hit us up on the hashtag tsunami talk back hey i bet that takes you back jose oh yeah sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah sometimes and you can also email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com and put something about Fena in the headlines so we know what we're looking for. And uh, if you've missed any of the prior episodes, you can find them on podcast.tsunamifaithful.com and also soundcloud.com backslash tsunamifaithful podcast. And you can uh, also, you know, find us on all your podcast feeds. We're freaking everywhere at this point. So... Whatever your preferred podcast feed may be, we're probably on it, and so is the Fenicast, along with 
many episodes of the Toonami Paper Podcast. If you go back far enough, I used to host them. Yeah. <laughs> Those ones were way better. I assure you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true, but thank you. I will take the compliment. Perhaps they at least had better production value. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on the video side. The audio, I'm sure, is about the same. Um, but yeah, I don't know. do I promote stuff now? What, what happens now? What do we do? What am I doing? Yeah, you can uh, sketch. You can, you can shill. <laughs> you can shill your your wares. Uh, sure. Uh, so you can find me at uh, at arguing meadows on Twitter, at literally those two words, just one word. A r g u i n g m e a d o w s. I think I spelled that right. Uh, for those of you that don't get the joke, it's how you pronounce my last name. Uh, <laughs> Argue Meadow. Arguing just, Meadows. Just two meadows arguing. Yep, that's how I teach people how to pronounce it because nobody knows how. Um, and I do, uh, obviously I work for Warner Media, but I work with CNN. I am working on a different project that I can't talk about yet, but hopefully you guys will be seeing it sooner rather than later um, for Warner Media. Um, I am uh, I do stuff with Discotech, but there's nothing there I can talk about. And I also edit trailers for Viz. This I can talk about. <laughs> and I'm I'm actually really, really excited about the work I've been I've been doing with Viz Media. Um, I edited I have edited uh, two trailers that are out so far. Uh, I edited I, I took over the Naruto trailer starting from season set four for the Blu-ray. And I did the Mr. Osumatsu season two trailer. Um, and I, I look, I, I really want people to go watch that Mr. Osumatsu season two trailer. Cause it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. I'm really proud of it. I think it's really funny. Um, I hope, I hope you go and check it out. I'm really, really proud of that trailer and also go buy the show. Cause like, ultimately these are just ads to, get you to buy the show but if you do buy mr osumatsu uh please tell his media tweet at them or um fill out a little card and mail it to them saying that the mr osumatsu season two trailer was the reason you bought the set <laughs> and no other reason because i would like to get more work from them and no other reason don't mention my name just be like hey whoever did that trailer like hire him again you know make him do all the trailers <laughs> You don't have time to do all the trailers. I don't have time to do all the trailers, but I would like to stay on for Osumatsu. Uh, I'm pretty happy with doing Naruto. Uh, and I I don't know if I should say what are the shows I want to work on. Um, I really, like, if Viz has the home video rights to JoJo's Part 6, I really want to do that one. Not because I'm a big JoJo's fan, but because my girlfriend, like, cosplays as Look Jolene. And like, oh, loves, that's awesome. and she loves, loves Joe's like, and I, I really want to do that trailer to, to like do it right by her and make her happy. So please, Liz, <laughs> give me that trailer. If you have the home video rights, I have no idea. I know it's coming to Netflix. <laughs> uh, see, honey, I made a good JoJo's trailer. Yeah, whatever, dear. <laughs> no, she's, she's very supportive of the, the trailer work. She, um, <laughs> Uh, so I paid her, just to be clear, I paid her 
because she contributed a joke to the OC Matsu trailer. There was one that was rejected and I needed a replacement and she pitched me one and it made it in. So she got paid for that joke. I, I took it out of my paycheck from Viz and, and I gave it to her. So oh, that's above board. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I mean, it, she didn't she didn't get much. It was like one joke out of, a you know, a million jokes that are in there. But she got paid for that joke. Well, you should be paid for your work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Laser, tell them where they can find you. People can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime. Uh, you can find my uh, Toonami Focus editorials here on Toonami Faithful, of course. Uh, and you can also hear me occasionally on the Demon Slayer podcast and the Dumb Weeds podcast. All right. And Celia, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Planet Twinkle and on Facebook at Celia Rose Cosplay. Uh, I am also part of a YouTube show called Pop to Culture on the channel Macross Fan Central, where my friends uh, Chad, Alex, and I, we talk about different things in pop culture that are really exciting to us. Uh, we just recently discussed the latest trailers for the Macross Delta movie Zethai Live and the Macross Frontier short film Labyrinth of Time. And I'm so stoked! And it comes through in those videos, so if you go watch them, you, I will be very excited. Um, I'm super stoked for those movies. Uh, yeah, I'm also, fan. yay! I've been a long time Macross fan. I I have love uh, it. I love Macross too, but I haven't watched as much as I probably should. I haven't watched um, Frontier, and I need to get on that. I know it's like the best one. Frontier was my first, and it's my favorite. And I've actually been cosplaying Cheryl Gnome, one of the main characters. I've been cosplaying her for 10 years. She is my absolute favorite. I love her. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, also, as the director of social media, uh, I also see any time that you guys uh, send us comments or questions on our social media pages or tag us in things. So make sure you follow our platforms and send us some stuff. We'd like to see it. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And with that, we are raising anchor. We're setting sail off to find the One Piece. Is that the show? <laughs> sure. Yes, Let's that, go with that it. That is definitely the show we have been talking about for the past hour. Yep. Yeah. Fana is going to be King of the Pirates, um, and she ate the gum gum fruit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really surprised you guys haven't made that many One Piece references. I dream find it. it very Don't give it up, Fenda. Dream it. I find Don't it very it. You hard. I was just thinking the same thing, Sketch. It's a uh, distinct effort on my part. I am the crazy guy who buys all the One Piece DVDs. I bought all the um, the ones that are in 4x3. Just I, because I'm scared that they're going to make them 16 by 9. Me too. I have all of those, but I've gone, I'm like in the middle of Dressrosa for the releases right now because I'm, I'm trying busy. to catch up on the manga. It's not Yuki happening. Maro's just like a samurai, <laughs> lady killer, Seaton's not shy. You're too good at this. <laughs> you need to stop. Maybe you're the witch. No, he does not need to stop. He is amazing. <laughs> no, that's what he wants from you. He's the witch. <laughs> I'm tinkering. Shy Day's cooking. The twins are snickering. Sketch has had this prepared for weeks Set and has just been waiting for, for a Fennecast where he can recite she's it. She's <laughs> the name of the pirate who's a princess. Yayo, Yayo, set sail with Fenna.
<laughs> Bravo, sir. Bravo. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. Don't give it Don't give it up. Bro. I gotta I, I gotta work on the the verse about Fena herself that's supposed to, you know, kind of replace the one about Luffy. Yeah. <laughs> still, still trying to <laughs> Don't give it up poofy. She lived in a brothel. How'd that happen? <laughs> Yo ho ho, she was cast up as a child. <laughs> That's so dark. Good. <laughs> Yo, ho, ho, someone right. blew up the hope. <laughs> We're not topping that. We might as well just end there. You can rock the boat, but you sure can't turn the tide. There's a rhythm to the way I move, and it's something I can't hide. And there ain't no way, no way of blocking me, cause it's just too much at stake. If you try to stop me, wait and see, you'll get caught up in my wake. You can't turn the tide, it's like treasure you can't find. Go ahead and try to corner me, you will never change my mind now.